0: are you returning a positive ROI? And that's the kind of journey we're on at the moment and that's kind of the step change we're making
1: as as a business and, and as a channel. Welcome to the Contextual Advertising 101 podcast. If you're an advertising or marketing leader who has heard about contextual advertising but wants to learn more, then this show is for you. Throughout this podcast series, we will bring you a deep dive into some of the core concepts of contextual advertising, as well as interviews from marketing executives and publishers using contextual advertising today. This episode is brought to you by SeedTag, the world's leading contextual advertising company. Contextual intelligence allows you to engage with consumers within their universe of interest on a cookie-free basis. By delivering ads into content, we capture users' attention faster and retain it longer. Learn more and reach out to us at SeedTag.com.
2: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Contextual 101 podcast series. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the impact of the death of the cookie, and more specifically, from a brand's perspective. I'm delighted to be joined by Richard Kanelik. Richard began learning his digital advertising craft during his four years at the Seven Stars Agency later moving to Omnicom Media Group, working on brands like VW. He then left the agency world to go client-side and he made the switch to to Vodafone to head up the programmatic function for the UK and lead their in-housing project. Hi Richard, how's it going?
0: I'm very well, Dal, how are you?
2: Not too bad, thank you, not too bad. As, uh, as I just mentioned, it's uh, the weather is really bad here in the UK, so uh, yeah, don't know what to wear, <laughs> don't know what clothes <laughs> to put on, but um, yeah, not too bad. I'm indoors, so not, not stuck in the rain.
0: No, typical British summer, eh?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um, so So Rich, thanks for joining us today on on today's podcast. Um, It's obviously a super hot topic right now, death of a cookie, contextual advertising. And we've obviously known each other for a few years now, even from your days at agency side. But yeah, I think just to start, it'd be great to understand your role now and what you've been doing over at Vodafone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I guess I've been here since November 2019. So yeah, coming up to two years. You no, know, initially initially in here to lead the in-house project so you know there was talk with vodafone you know in-housing the biddable media for a couple of years in the industry before it actually happened uh so yeah the day one was kind of building the team and, and leading that in-housing project Well now we're in and we're here we're fully migrated over as of kind of march 2020 you know we've been trying to grow that organically trying to trying to get the business to understand you know what pragmatic is and, and really trying you know push the digital side of, of what we're doing here at vodafone
2: how has that change been um agency side to client side i, I know a a few people have kind of followed in your suit really and, and made that change. You, you don't see it as much uh, agency side, maybe going to media owner side. You, you see a lot of the agency people going over to client side. So how, how have you found that kind of shift?
0: Yeah, no, it's been a nice step change from, from agency life. I think there's a lot more exposure to the, the business in general so obviously agency side it's very much focused on the media and, and obviously it is here within the media team at, at Vodafone but there's much more kind of you're not stuck in I guess you know when you're in a programmatic team you're kind of at the end of the chain and it all comes through the different kind of teams at agency side whereas at client side in my experience you, you can kind of have those conversations direct and, and try and perhaps influence a little bit more and I think that's what's so appealing about um, working client side you you, you get that exposure and you get that kind of uh, authority I guess to try and you know, influence change.
2: That's a good point. There, I think it's um, it's also interesting to just work on one brand. Like I've never done that. Um, I've worked ten years in programming, sim- similar to you. It must be interesting just focusing on one brand and really seeing that develop and actually making that difference within the team. Is, is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You can yeah, you can dedicate your time to to like seeing your, your work change what's happening one year to next year. And yeah, really, you get really under the bonnet into the brand and you know, what it means for the brand. You can focus more on the creative side of things and the media side of things and the technology side of things. It all kind of comes together and yeah, all into one brand that you're working on rather than your time being split between, you know, Different client.
2: And obviously your background before Vodafone was working agency side, working in programmatic teams, uh, a trader level, manager level. When it relates to cookies, how often was were they used in your day-to-day optimizations? Working media owner side, I never really saw the, the ins and outs of a DSP and and the way the traders would be optimizing. But how often would you use the cookies in your day-to-day?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, they, they, were, they were the backbone of a successful campaign, really. And most of the time when running programmatic campaigns, on the clients I've worked on, it, it's more led activity. So you look, you look into drive conversions, and obviously cookies enable you to kind of measure and track consumers across the web. So they really did really were the cornerstone of of how we you know ran successful campaigns, whether that's from a retargeting point of view or you know lookalike audience point of view. You know, with cookies, you know, collecting so much information you know, from location, interests, age, gender, they allowed us to, to reach a precise audience with also ads that were relevant to them. So. All in all, cookies really were, you know, pivotal and, and central to, to what we did anyway, agency side. There's obviously kind of anomalies where you ran campaigns which were more brand-led. Uh, about the time I was working agency side, it was predominantly a, you know, a bottom of the funnel, uh, DR-led approach, which most clients were, were using programmatic programmatic to, to run their campaigns for.
2: And how savvy would you say these clients were that you were talking to on a day to day and giving them these rich insights from? the data that you gather from cookies is is that something that the brands wanted uh, that they needed from from the agency
0: it, it would vary from client to client you, you'd get some clients who were really into the detail and wanting to understand everything that you were doing from a programmatic point of view to you know live demos in the dsp really wanted to you know wanted us to articulate to them what it was we did and how we added value as, a, as an agency and there were other clients that just wanted to know what the, you know what the cpa was or you know what their kind of core KPIs were so they could perhaps report that back up up their chain so it really was a mixed bag to be honest with you and it differed between you know it wasn't kind of a rule that the big clients wanted x and the small clients wanted x it kind of really was depending on you know I guess the philosophy of of them as a client and and how important media was to them
2: and fast forwarding to Vodafone now in your role how often do you guys use cookies now are you guys using it them at all
0: yeah we are still u- using cookies and i think until they are gone from the ecosystem i think there will always be a, a reliance on them or i think there's no need to stop using them whilst they're still there because they still provide you you know valuable insight but but as a preparation in in the build-up to the deprecation of third-party cookies you know, we are re-evaluating re-eval- how we're using you know programmatic and really digital media as a channel and, and one of the things that we took out from that is that we need to stop focusing on on the short term where we're looking at you know last click and even multi-touch attribution as a solution and start looking more uh, at the long term uh, where we're using you know measurement solutions which don't rely so heavily on the third party cookie if at all so things like brand lift studies and uh, econometrics we're really able to kind of shift brand perception over a longer term rather than just focusing on what our last touch CPA was or what our, you know, multi-touch attribution CPA. And that will hopefully help us, you know, evolve the channel into, you know, more of a brand-led approach and being able to, you know, increase and improve ROI in the long term, rather than just, you know, hit an arbitrary cost per acquisition figure, which which may look like it's providing value for the business. But actually, when you look at the econometrics, are you returning a positive ROI? And that's the kind of journey we're on at the moment. And that's kind of the step change we're making as, as a business and, and as a channel uh, to help, ready ourselves for the eventuality when there is no third party cookies for us to, to rely on those kind of simplistic, I guess I can call them now, uh, attribution solutions.
2: And what's your opinion on the alternative solutions now to the cookie? Do you have a preference? What is Vodafone doing as well in, in that space across um, all the different options that are now available?
0: I think obviously there's going to be like a key, a few key universal ID and, and identity players uh, in the market. As a whole though, I think I guess the attribution is going to become more probabilistic than deterministic. So aggregated insights such as cohorts, which are kind of the next best thing off the back of cookies, but I think they're all going to be kind of the first iteration of what's next. So I think the first thing which comes after cookies is never going to be the best. It's going to take time for, you know, a robust solution to, you know, inspire the industry and everyone, you know, you talk to has already said, even with their own, their own solutions, that there is no, you know, silver bullet. It's gonna take a, an array of different solutions and different partners to be able to kind of plug the gap which 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 were cookies. But from my view, I think I think, you know, we need to move into that longer term view, kind of the brand list surveys and, and the econometrics type of measurement to, to to be able to deliver something which is as profound as what cookies were enabled to do for us.
2: Have you done many at Vodafone? Have you seen any results from alternative solutions and how impactful they've been on the performance of your campaign?
0: There's a few different segments at Vodafone and we're looking to run, you know. Things like Millwood brand strategically think, okay, what can we do differently to impact that is kind of a retrospective thing on that particular activity that you ran. And I guess working at one brand, at client side, you're able to then say, actually, so this, when we run this next time, even next month, next quarter, or next year, these are the results we've seen. We're, we're raising awareness, but we're not raising familiarity. So what do we need to change about the creative or about the strategy or about the targeting, which is going to enable us, you know, push people down that funnel. Off the back of you know the the brand lift surveys that we're seeing and that's kind of where we're, what we're seeing at the moment we're we're starting to shift awareness and and the favorability but perhaps you know not consideration or not intent so it's kind of that journey which is um allowing us to so you know change what we're doing
2: i definitely think that and obviously we work together Ctag and Vodafone and we've seen that especially in the the telecom space Vodafone is leading the way when it comes to uh, pushing pushing people at like us, you know, for, for all these types of studies and results and uh, benchmarking it against previous cookie targeting. Do you see that you guys are doing this and Vodafone's doing this a lot more than other competitors in the industry? Um, are, you, are you kind of seeing that at the moment?
0: Yeah, I think we always try and innovate in front of the market, um, especially being like away from agency side, you really need to like, keep your head focused on what's going on because you're, you're a step removed from kind of the epicenter of of kind of innovation, I guess. But I guess we're quite lucky that we have a wealth of first-party data and kind of teams dedicated to this particular topic. So we're in the, in the midst of onboarding, you know, a CDP. So we can then tap into that wealth of first-party data. But yeah, no, I definitely think we're doing what we can to, to stay at the forefront of the industry.
2: We have to talk about the pandemic and COVID and the impact that it's had on on Vodafone. It was interesting, I think, at the start of last year, a lot of brands were a little bit scared to run digital advertising, a lot of budgets were cut. But then, as it just started to be the norm, you know, our day-to-day life has changed even now, over a year on, we're still talking about the pandemic and we're still factoring it in, in in many different cases. But we're starting to see, you know, just a change in strategy really from, from these brands because they know COVID is here, is here to stay, there's been a you know a lot of noise about obviously the vaccines and opening up travel and especially in the UK, July 19th there's a date where apparently everything will open back up again. How are you seeing that brands and including Vodafone? How how you how have you guys been tackling COVID and the pandemic over the past yeah. year and a half? I guess
0: from a telecoms perspective, uh, perspective it's everyone needs internet and everyone's got their mobile phone. So as as an industry, I, th- I think we were quite lucky that that we were probably one of the industries which were least affected. Uh, by COVID, but as we continue to invest in media during the pandemic, when we saw it as an opportunity to try and you know gain market share uh, and really push home you know what Vodafone or Vodafone means, obviously from a business point of view, revenues reflected roaming. You know it makes a big chunk of the telecoms revenue, which was obviously. Put on hold for the last kind of year 18 months, but really you know from a media point of view we continue to, to advertise and continue to run campaigns and even kind of expertise, kind of longer term ambitions which were to tackle you know digital exclusion so launching initiatives to I think it was to help connect a million people that were living in you know, digital poverty by the end of 2022 so I think used it also as an opportunity to, to try and give back in, to the community too
2: historically were Vodafone running a lot of offline campaigns and uh, and the reason I ask is did you then see that speed up in terms of digitalization and more and more people are at home now? So Vodafone might have thought, okay, in, in the next three to five years, we need to, I suppose, connect with our consumers more online versus offline. But you've had to do that a lot quicker now because of COVID. Have you done that? Or are you still using uh, your offline strategies for advertising and to connect to your consumers?
0: I think it's a bit of both. I think obviously it's been expedited and, and the emerging channels – such as, you know, connected TV and how you activate that, you kind of run a, uh, a strategy aligns your offline to your online and an integrated campaign, I guess different, you know, media channels is kind of what the big question is and, and how are we doing that. And I think a not rush into it cause you want to run a campaign where your measurements and your case you be able to, but yeah, no, it's definitely something that we've looked to do more of in terms of that digitalization and, and, and where and how we're spending.
2: We were looking at a, a study that was um, done by Tag today, and they mentioned that 85 consumers would reduce or stop building, or, or sorry, buying products um, if they were associated with any COVID conspiracy theories or misinformation. I know that was again probably this time last year. Is that something that came to your guys's? team and and mind as well when you guys were building out your strategies
0: we just try to avoid <laughs> serving across that that content there was some funny messages sent around in the whatsapp group when we <laughs> around 5g conspiracy but um no I think you're saying that more the organic social team looks to try that sentiment and they see that and when there's people kind of accusing Vodafone of all sorts of conspiracy nonsense
2: and in terms of the last year and a half have you had to shift your focus so before it might have been focusing on certain certain things like in-store or more physical product selling, have you had to shift that due to COVID? Are you kind of pushing more products now versus what you were maybe a couple of years back?
0: Yeah, I think the focus is on what prop comes with, the, the benefits of each product, if that makes sense. It's not so much like the price point potentially, it's more around kind of why why Vodafone, what, what do the products offer you and beyond the competition.
2: Kind of relaying this back to contextual advertising, what are you guys seeing and what are you guys doing in that space? And are you seeing the benefits? Is, is the brand seeing the benefits of running contextual advertising?
0: Absolutely. And I think from a contextual point of view, obviously, the, as a strategy, it's not a new strategy. But I think the uh, behind it is obviously improving and being expedited, I'm sure, because it's become such a focus. Now, maybe it took a bit of a back step, you know, several years ago but when we in house, we made that move to contextual anyway, because personally, I think, you know, it's a much more accurate and, and, and cheaper way to, to reach your audience. But what we've been doing outside is, is to uh, push in our partners, you know, like yourself, for, like, how can we run test approaches? What's, what's best in class? What's best practice. And, you know, it's been a mixed bag. Sometimes, you know, we see some really, really good results. Uh, and, and with other partners, you know, it's, it's a little, little longer way to go in terms of kind of how they're using it from a contextual point of view we're just looking to incorporate contextual as much as we can across an array of different formats pre-bid segments which contextual partners offer to to, you know to high impact formats that we run with yourselves just really so we can run a full funnel approach when it comes to we have kind of a foolproof way of reaching our audience and delivering a camp alliance on cookies
2: have you seen any other brands in other industries where they've done this well that you've seen whether it's just you browsing on the web or i don't know seeing tv advertising is is there are there any brands that you can think of that have run contextual advertising and done it well
0: i'm not i'm not sure off the top of my mind to be honest eh?
2: yeah no we've seen um various different brands right so at the start of covid and and the pandemic early early last year we saw many different brands trying to real, you know get closer with their 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 consumers by adapting and changing the creative as well as the targeting so yeah whether it's travel brands whether it's telecoms brands fmcg brands they wanted to really connect with their users and and reassure them that they're by their side and they're they're working together um during this difficult time um i think there were some brands i think totally ignored the pandemic and just carried on like normal i think there was a different bucket of of brands that adapted it and changed it to the situation and then some obviously just completely stopped advertising completely so yeah i think a brand would usually fit within uh, within those three different buckets i've got a final question for you so with the death of the cookie what do you think the future is for brands? Yeah, it'd be good to understand, kind of get your take on that. Yeah, look, I,
0: th- I think the future is bright. I think obviously it's a great way for brands, advertisers, to default to something which was was not perfect but worked for the moment. So I think going forward, it it should and has already inspired innovation in terms of kind of cookie alternatives, such as on device on device solutions and universal ID solutions. So there's in- innovation already coming, and, and I think we need to remember that most emerging channels aren't cookie based: connected TV, digital audio. You know, even mobile in app, which has obviously been around, it's been the year of the mobile every year for a while now, but that's that's not cookie-based either. So I think moving away from a cookie-based approach will allow us to perhaps bring in some real-world KPIs to our media and potentially media be- can become more than the sum of its part and, and really start to push the boundaries of, of what we're able to to deliver.
2: Yeah, I think that's, a, that's definitely a good point. There are so many other advertising mediums out there, TV and audio and, and, and various other ones where, but yeah, they like you said, they don't need the cookie. So, yeah, I, I think it's kind of just changing that mindset, really, isn't mm. it, and shifting that across.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, brilliant. So, no, thank, thanks for your time. That's all we've got time for to, in today's podcast. So,
1: yeah, Rich, we'll, we'll speak soon.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Dal. Pleasure.
1: Cheers, Rich. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Contextual Advertising 101. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. To see all the show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, head over to SeedTag.com slash 101. This episode is brought to you by SeedTag, the world's leading contextual advertising company. Contextual intelligence allows you to engage with consumers within their universe of interest on a cookie-free basis. By delivering ads into content, we capture users' attention faster and retain it longer. Learn more and reach out to us at SeedTag.com.